This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, it's been another exciting week, and uh, where better to hear about uh, all the action from the Shrimps than here on ShrimpNet, the Shrimps Trust podcast. Thank you for joining us. Helping to reflect on Cole's tap-in at Highbury and uh, battling the addicts on Tuesday night. Uh, we have the usual Ren and Stimpy in uh, myself and Joel, but uh, also professional podcast tart, James Wakefield from the board. <laughs> Uh, and for his first time, uh, Jamaican international and shrimp superstar left back Greg Lee. Welcome along, everybody. What's happening? <laughs> you can keep talking. I don't mind. So where do we st- where do we start? Well, there's only one place to start, isn't there? Um, we took 1,150 fans to Fleetwood last week in the Lancashire derby. Um, it was an eventful game for one thing and one thing only. It was a tough battle. But the first the place you've got to start, Cole Stockton. Dear Lord. I mean, uh, Joel, <laughs> goal of the century for us or what? Yeah, I, it's not going to get beaten. I, I can't see it getting beaten in my lifetime. Uh, so I just, I was listening. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the game, but I was listening to it. And uh, I think Ryan Daly's reaction uh, over the commentary, that, that gave a pretty accurate description of it, the screaming. Because it, it was just... I just and the audacity to even try it in the first place is just unbelievable. And and to be honest, I thought we were a bit unfortunate to be level. I thought we played quite well and we were probably deserving of the win anyway. But then to be able to do it in that fashion in a, in a derby in the last minute from the halfway line, I mean, it just doesn't get any better. And obviously, the goal itself it's, it's done the rounds on, on Twitter and online, and deservedly so. It's an amazing goal, you know. Just I, the, the, there are just no words for it really. It's just stupendous. I actually met somebody, I took the dogs out for a walk this, this morning on the Barrows in Heysham, and I actually met somebody who hasn't actually seen it. But luckily I had it on my phone, so I showed him it. And he said, everybody's been talking about it, I haven't seen it. And I showed him on my phone, and I can't repeat what he said. Because <laughs> <laughs> he sort of went, yeah, you can imagine. Uh, James, um, I've seen some fantastic goals from Cole this season, but that is going to take some topping, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Joel, Joel said it all. Um, technique was excellent. Um, the, 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 the balls to try it. Um, the, the point in the game, you know, goals like that have been scored before. Probably arguably not as good because it was travelling when it hit the back of the net. There was no bounce. But not in the 94th minute in a derby. So, yeah, it was, it was spectacular. Somebody I know in Australia um, didn't realise it was a Morgan goal because they just hadn't registered. And it got all the way over there in WhatsApp groups. And, and via, via Twitter, and because it's a black kit and he just knows Morecambe was playing in red and never thought to, to check which team it was. He sent it me from Australia. So you seen this amazing goal in England. I was like, yeah, that's Morecambe. Um, so, so yeah, again, it's, gone, it's gone, gone global, but fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Um, I think the most important thing, though, is for all of that, it was a, it was a really good three points. Um, it, was, it was a really good team performance. I agree with Joel. I think we're unfortunate not to win, win the game anyway. But if you're going to win a game, win a local derby, that's the way to do it. And uh, Greg, I, I will come back to the performance in a minute, but 
I just want to talk about uh, the reaction of every single player and every <laughs> single player on the bench because uh, you were hanging around for bets, you lot. There was you, Jockle, everybody running towards, uh, and everybody said uh, Cole had his sports bra on. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. When, when, when a goal goes in like that, you get the whole team you're going to celebrate. It's just unbelievable. I mean, even last-minute goals in other games, you're probably getting, I don't know, I've spoken to people who've had like three or four like that important, that like that magnificent in their career, but the goal like that, it just it, it doesn't normally happen. So yeah, everyone everyone is out, Yoko straight down to the corner. And uh, yeah, it's the GPS vest. That's what they wear with you know, uh, GPS yeah. so you can see what back. But to be honest, I'm thinking a lot of us got some high records when we've seen that goal go in because we've got some high speeds where everyone just sprinting into the corner. <laughs> To, uh, to go and celebrate with Cole and fans, man, it's class. Yeah, and I, I must admit, the uh, I was in that away and right in front of Cole when he came to us, and uh, there was I was listening, I was hugging people. I've, I've I, I know, but I don't know, <laughs> but I know who they were because I was stood next to him and chatting to him. But blooming, the place went absolutely mental. But go back to the performance. I, you know, yes, Fleetwood could feel hard done by, but. I think from the point of view, we, we managed the game pretty well, didn't we? We let them have a lot of the ball, but once they got in the final third, they didn't really create much that day. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that we, we controlled the game. It's, it's mad because obviously since the game's done, you look at the possession stats and you think, right, they must have had the lion's share of the control in the game, the lion's share of the ball, meaning that they had you know more chances than we did. But I believe that we managed the game well. You know, When we scored, we didn't go gung-ho like we perhaps have done in the past and we kept just a lid on them completely all game. That's why conceding the goal was so unfortunate because I did think it came against the run of play and against sort of what, what we've been doing in the, in, the, in the first 80 minutes of the game. So when Cole did that get that goal, it was one of them where it was like, you know, obviously it was amazing, but it was also the relief of like, we've done so well. It's nice to not draw a game and drop points when we didn't need to because we, we dominated the game, I felt. Yeah, I think you met the point very well there, the fact that we've suffered for last-minute goals in two or three games this season. Uh, Wickham and Wimbledon for a start, where it's denied us a point. Uh, and it does become dispiriting. But I, we, we, I, I was stood with uh, our match day announcer, Mark, and he won't mind me name-checking him, because we, we got that corner in the 93rd minute, and he, he, said, he turned around and went, come on, it's our turn for a bit of luck. And obviously... <laughs> Obviously, the, their keeper pushed Cole's sort of cross-cup shot away. They went up the other end and got the corner. And I was thinking, yeah. no, please don't. And then, obviously, the magic happened. But it took me about 15 minutes to get out of the ground because nobody was moving. It was just a fantastic <laughs> atmosphere. And then, obviously, Cole went in and then came back out again. So everybody was like, ah, you know. So, yeah. It was a great way to earn three points, but... Looking at the season over a whole, that that's, that that could just kickstart our season, Greg. Yeah, I'd say so. I think that in the like the past, like I don't know, I'm trying to think like the last games we've had, just the amount of bad luck we've had has just been phenomenal. I've never really seen it. Like some of the goals we've conceded have been some of the best goals I've seen for for a long time. You know, the goals against Cambridge and things like that. Preston back when thinking these goals are just not goals you see that often. Out of Wimbledon, the final goal, I mean, turns on a sixpence and puts it in the top bins. You just, you don't see it often. So to change our look that way and get a bit of look ourselves, it, one, it's going to happen in the course of the season. You're going to get ups, you're going to get downs. But it's also nice because it's given that, us that push of like, you know what, we put in the performance this time and got the result because the amount of times we put in a performance and not got the result can be a bit demoralising, but to get both is just massive. So we come, I'll move on to Tuesday night and uh, well-fancied Charlton, who haven't had the greatest start to the season. Uh, I thought 
you know, with hindsight now, I thought well, they're, they're like they're like a bleeding good side to me. Uh, as somebody who's got kind of Washington up front and also uh, Lee pulling the strings, and they just look strong all over. And yet, we gave them managed to give them two goals, one in the first minute, which was unfortunate. Um, a, a lot of people have blamed Yockel for that, but I don't think he was expecting anybody to whether it was a cross or a shot. It's one of those things. Nobody makes mistakes, you know, deliberately. Uh, Ryan Delaney getting caught a bit there and the long ball over the top. Connor Washington, again, good finish. He's an international player. But we, we from that moment on, we managed the game pretty well, Joel, and got back into it. Yeah, I think, I think obviously, you don't want to give two goals away like that, like we did. But at the same time, I think something we, I think we showed in that game, something that we might not have shown throughout the season is this kind of, Steely kind of fight back into the game. We were two goals down and 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 in a bad position against the side who were who were back in form. And then just to kind of fight our way back in into the game without I don't I thought we put in a solid performance. I, I don't think we set the world on fire, but we just kind of hung in there and, and kept them out and just dug our way back in. Cole gets the penalty, got a bit of hope, and then keep plugging away in the second half. And then we get that corner, get that chance, bit of a quality, bit of quality from Alfie. You know, and O'Connor gets his head in the ball and, and we're back in it. But then after that point, Charlton turned the pressure again. I thought for that those last kind of 20 minutes, they were pushing, but never really had much of a chance to be honest. Like there wasn't any moments where I thought, wow, they should have buried that. You know, we, we defended really, really well. And we were really organised. It was really good to see us kind of be able to be in an unfortunate position, battle back from it. And then once we battled back, keep our nerve and keep them out and that was something that was really really good to see and I think maybe it was maybe taking a little bit of confidence in the Fleetwood game who knows you know it's just great to see that we're gonna dig we were able to dig in a bit more and defend so well because I thought you know second half especially we were really solid defensive performance and they didn't have too much of a sniff despite having some really really good attacking players. I think it's a a good point you make there that that we did show a lot of battling qualities and I think, uh, you know, it's probably no coincidence uh, and whether people agree with me or not, but the return of Shane McLaughlin has made a bit of a difference, James. Yeah, um, I'm not allowed to have favourite players, especially not when I'm sitting in front of one of them. But um, I, 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 the, way that, the way that Shane plays, it resonates with me. You know, he, he covers every blade of grass. He's box to box. He can play in multiple positions. Um, he works his socks off. I think, to be fair, Shane, I mean, you look at the stats and where... How, how we've done when we've had Shane in the team, and it is, it is better. But the other thing that's really, really exciting is watching that, mid, that midfield um, triangle um, and, and those, those three lads working together in the last couple of games. It, it has given us real energy and it's made us a, a much more difficult team to play through. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah I, Shane, Shane, Shane's done, done fantastically well um, and, uh, and I think he's, he's getting stronger as the season goes on. And I'll come to you, Greg. Um... You had a you had a a, a, a fairly tested evening because you had a, somebody who's highly highly regarded up against you for sixty minutes, and then they take him off and they bring on Corey Blackett Taylor, who's ten yards quicker again. Yeah, it was definitely an evening of being in tested one v one. But you know, what? I enjoyed it. I it wasn't something I was really expecting, if I'm honest, just because I I I'd done obviously a little bit, and I thought that that's how. They would play, but I obviously didn't realise they would try and get in the ball to him so much to, to come against me 1v1. But like I said, I relished the, the opportunity. And then obviously every full, I know every fullback when a substitution is going on, they think, OK, you know, will they come on my side? Will he come on the other side? And yeah, obviously when he came on my side, I had to grip my teeth and get on with it. Do you know what I mean? 
It was uh, it was quite noticeable though because uh, I, I haven't looked at the stats and, and Joel will probably be in a better position to say, but just about uh, just about every single one of their corners was you putting it out for a corner because somebody was taking you on, but nobody got past you. <laughs> no, yeah, like I said, the, the main thing for me was just stand up, make sure they don't get enough crosses in corners. We'll deal with disappointing, but you'll deal with corners. So, you know, it happens, but it's probably the best thing that's happened at the outcome, really. So what was the feeling in the dressing room? Were the, were the people happy, obviously disappointed with the two goals, but happy to come back into it and get a point? Yeah, I think so. I think, for, well, for me personally, I know that like, it's, it's one of them where we've come back into games so much and then conceded again and lost the game. You know, games like, I don't know, Gillingham and, and games like that. I'm thinking like, you know, it's nice to get back into a game and not lose it from there. You know, even in Wickham, Wimbledon, all these games, you know, you go, you go goals down and you get back in. Preston, you go goals down, get back into the game and then slip a concentration, you lose it. Oxford, I could probably name more. So for me, it was a massive test of character because we did defend for a lot of the game. So to show that we could concentrate for the full 45 minutes, we were under the cash, I felt. So to do that was massive. So in the dressing room, it's one of them where we, we want more possession. We ideally have more possession, but it was happy not to concede again and lose the game. So that was a big thing for us, I'd say. And yet again, this is a general for everybody. Yet again, uh, we came, came away with a, an encouraging performance and the crowd, again, standing ovation at the final whistle. And that's been, that's been actually, other than the really the Cambridge game, that's been the way all, all, all season, hasn't it, James? Yeah, I, I think the fans have been, been amazing. Um, it's such an obvious thing to say. It sounds like a, you know, a cliche throwaway comment, but it's, it's not. I mean, the fans have been absolutely fantastic. Um, credit as well to, to Charlton bringing nearly 700 um, all the way up from, from London, which is, which is yeah. impressive. But the atmosphere at the, at the museum of the stadium has been like nothing I've ever known. I mean, you know, again, I go back, you know, 20 years and, and remember Christie Park and everybody talked about how amazing the atmosphere was at Christie Park. And it was. But this season, the museum has been as good as I've ever known an atmosphere. That, that home stand is just unbelievable when it's just as packed as it's been for, for the vast majority of games. And the speed with which everybody's picking up the songs, it's, 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 really, it's something else. Um, I think as well, what's good is, despite that tough run, despite you know, those results not quite going our way, the, the fans are, are sticking with it and they're, they're really getting behind the team um, and the away followings are holding up. So, yeah, awesome. Really, really awesome. So moving on to our, our guest, I'll, we'll speak to Greg for a little bit about, um, about his career so far. Uh, Greg, uh, born in Sale, as you said before, so a northern lad, uh, and then City City Academy, and you were well thought of there, and yet you you, you sort of ended up leaving there and and going to you were crew on loan for virtually a, a season. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, for a whole season, yeah. And and at the end of that, you were still highly thought of at City, but you ended up leaving. So what what happened there? Uh, and these big clubs, when it comes to like under 23 football versus first team, there just comes a period of time where you're in between either the 23s or the first team. And for a lot of people, their contract can run through that period, and that's fine. What they'll do often with you is send you out on loan, bring you back, send you out on loan. But unless you are going to break into the first team, you'll see a lot of people just do that for an extended period of time and then leave. My contract was literally the moment I had uh, finished up at crew, I was just in between. I was too old to play for the 21s because they wanted a younger or 23s as it is now, they want a younger sort of demographic in there. I wasn't breaking into the first team at City, so it was one of them where I just had to, to part ways, really. And then, obviously, you, you had some time at Bradford City and then, and then at, at Bury. 
the interesting one is the NEC Breeder one. Uh, how did that come about? Um, it was when I was leaving Bury. Uh, I'd been there for two years and they'd offered me a new deal, but I, I wasn't, I didn't want to, to stay. So it was sort of, if I stayed in the country, it was a, a conversation that was going to be had about compensation. Uh, and then luckily, so uh, NAC had had, uh, obviously they have a, uh, a, a sort of a, a relationship with City, but it's, it's not anything to do with finance. It's more like they take their loan players, uh, but they also have, a situation where they have a system whereby they have um, almost like when we're talk, where they're looking for people like targets, they're scouting, they use a, they use a system, City use a system which basically targets different things that clubs are looking for. Yeah. And NAC were basically looking for a certain specific type of fullback. They were looking for someone with an academy background and someone who's played a lot of games and had quite a lot of experience. So I fit a lot of those categories. So that's actually how that came about. It was through the City Link, but not in the way of like, oh, this is one of our players. It was more to do with, oh, this is our system. Would you like to use this? And then I came up on the database and that's how that came about really. So and, uh, another, uh, another money ball incident. That seems to be happening quite a lot, doesn't it, Joe? <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. You know, it's just a big part of the game these days, I suppose, with, with stats. But I suppose kind of moving out to the Netherlands, kind of culturally, what, what, what was that like kind of adjusting to a, new, a different country? Uh, it was interesting. It was definitely interesting at, at first, and and but obviously I think that Holland is one that's easier than others because it's it's such English speaking. So there wasn't really the transition of like, oh, no one speaks a language. I'm going to have to do this and that. They were quite accommodating as well, in regards to how where to live, but definitely a different cultural uh, attitude with regards to the people and the football. So it was it was interesting, but it take it took some of the transition there. Was it was it actually more more a more technical game over there? Not quite as gung ho. Yeah, definitely. They play a lot of football, a lot of ball on the floor. And there's an argument to say that they prefer the football over winning the actual football game. You know, there's, there's definitely, when I've seen some of the games, I think they just, love, they just love to play football. You know, you can see the goal from playing out. It's like, now nah, we'll still play out. We love it. It's, just, it's definitely a different uh, attitude. It's more like we love football, total football, as opposed to winning. And, and I say the English and the Scottish game is like, just win at all costs. You know, if it has, we have to sit in for however long we have to do it. But yeah, it was definitely more, more technical, which is interesting because I thought if it was going to be more technical, they would have players who would be able to do it like far better in England. But I'd say decision-making is probably something that was a lot better in England and, and uh, in Scotland as opposed to Holland, but definitely more technical, yeah. I, I, I would imagine you'd be, uh, you'd be a, a quite, a, quite, a, quite a catch as a, as a, a left-sided uh, left-back or a, a left-sided... Uh, attacking fullback because the simple fact is you've got a lot of energy and you're brilliant in the air and you're you're lightning quick and that's that's surely going to suit total football, isn't it? it? It did to be fair. I mean, my time over there was was kind of stunted and cut short just from the experience of like you know things that I, I can't control. Whether the manager was a fan of mine, the team I was in uh, definitely affected my time. Uh, the fans were good with me though man I, I'll always shout out Nat because Nat the fans were always so so nice and really really took to me really well and I, and I thought that I actually played quite well when I did play but that my style wasn't what the manager liked and that often causes problems and yeah poses problems for both you know the player because you can't really get anything to the manager don't pick you so that was that was kind of summed up my time there so yeah wait I'm reading between the lines here you were probably too dynamic <laughs> At times, it depends. I just my style of play, like like I said, it was total football. Whereas I'm I'm probably a bit more direct when I was there, so they preferred that style. Yeah. 
And then, and then you, uh, you had a, a, what looks like a, a, a decent move to Aberdeen in the Scottish Premier League, but hampered a bit by injuries there, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I was, it was a good move. Like, it was, you know, it, it worked out well, um, especially just through a personal situation. Like, it was quite a tough time. So to end up with that move for the loan and with a view to a permanent was perfect for me. Played the first 18 games and then, yeah, obviously picked up one injury that snowballed into, into more, which was just frustrating. Obviously, COVID hit at the same time. So just a lot of bad luck in the last two years, I can't lie. Well, the, the, only, thing that, the only thing that's good come out of the Aberdeen move was that a certain uh, Stephen Robinson, as Motherwell manager, caught sight of you and thought, he looks all right. And obviously, here we are, sort of like at the end of COVID. And uh, happily, you've, you've managed to stay most of the season fit. And I would imagine now you're in a happier place football-wise, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was a major thing for me to, uh, to stay fit and to show that like, my injuries were just something that you know, was just unlucky, so to speak. So, yeah, obviously. I think, and I actually got in... Well, I had contact with the gaffer before Aberdeen, actually, um, just before I went to Holland, because basically it was to do with obviously crossing borders, whether you pay the compensation. So I, I got in touch with him then, but then I ended up going to Holland. So... To have the opportunity again to come play football in my home city, like obviously I'm not from Morecambe, but I'm just down the road. So to be so close and play the kind of football that I think suits me is, is yeah, it's been massive. So two things for me, and then I'll hand you over to uh, our, our resident uh, proper questioner. But um, <laughs> but um, you, you as a person. Uh, I remember your, de- your debut when you, when you played at Blackburn and I was thinking, and you, you've got a spring-heeled leap and Blackburn did that sort of like um, left centre half over to the right wing, right, right wing back. And I don't think he won a header all night. And everybody was like, who's he? Who's he? Have you always been that good in the air? Have you been a centre half or something like that? Uh, I said half when I was little. But yeah, I don't know. I think I played a lot of head tennis when I was younger. And I was like, I loved head tennis. So then I just practiced heading and then I just got all right at it. And that's basically how it started. No banner. But now now you seem to be uh, you seem to be one of the go-to people to sort of be sort of like somewhere around the centre of the goal when it when one defending a corner now because everybody's seen how good you are at heading. Yeah. Well they just leave me to it, which I quite like. They just sort of <laughs> say, you know what, go you will mark and you just go ahead the ball. So I think I think it's worked quite well, to be honest. I think we started it at crew and it just yeah, it just works quite well. They just leave me free and then I just go and attack the balls. Don't uh, say that, people will be listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Delete that bit out, delete that bit out. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, some editing needed there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. and finally, um, before I hand you over to Joel, um, which I'm sure he'll ask you something similar anyway, but you must have been absolutely chuffed to bits to get on for the second cap again for Jamaica against the USA. Uh, and that must have been a, a, a brilliant milestone for you to get on. And after the injuries that you've had, uh, it must have been brilliant to get back out there. And, and the quality of the team that Jamaica have got, it's, uh, you're in pretty esteemed company, aren't you? No, of course. Like, it was interesting, actually, because I think it was two years ago I was in Jamaica, and then a year ago I went away with them. And I always thought, oh, because like, we, we, we were sort of the first wave when we went. It was like me, Val Morrison. Uh, Hector had been going for years, Bobby Reed had been going for years, but Daniel Johnson from Preston went. And I remember thinking, oh, like we're the first of a new wave of English players to go. So I thought, oh, you know, this will be my chance. Then I got injured, so I thought, oh, that's my chance. Sort of gone. They started picking up, you know, flipping Antonio's and, you know, yeah. Gray's, you know what I mean? Kamar Roofs, Blair Turgut, people. 
who'd, who'd, who'd been in the league and more people who'd played in championships. So for someone who's been playing Scotland or League One, I didn't think I'd have that chance again. So when it came round again, I was obviously very excited, had to turn it down, I think three times because of injury. So I think for me, I was like, that's my chance, gone. Especially because people have probably stepped into my place and, and done well. So it was, yeah, massive for me to get the call up just to go. So obviously, yeah, to even get some time on the pitch was, yeah, was, was, was huge again. You know, it was, it was, yeah, it was just, you know, like when you're injured and stuff, it just makes all that stuff like worthwhile, you know. I have to say, Greg, I was in the States when you were in the States. And um, I got back and managed to sit down on the sofa and watch the game and to see you start. I, that, that's seriously impressive, you know, because you weren't getting a private jet black, back, were you? No, nah, nah, almost. I was so close to getting on that jet. So <laughs> Next time, Ken, listen, I'm very sad and I'm very angry. <laughs> it's funny because we had Dermot on last week and he, and he live, live on this last week, which went out last Friday, he said, well, we don't, we don't expect him back till Friday, so I, I can't see him starting. And you did. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, that was, that was unexpected, to be honest. But it was all right. I, did, I didn't feel as bad as I thought, but it was all right. Yeah, it was okay. So, Joel, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come hand over to you now. I hope I haven't taken all your questions. I bet you I haven't. <laughs> a few things, a few, but you know, it's all right. So, obviously, like we were saying, it, it was quite, I think Charlton definitely, you know, they chucked on the pace of skillful players with, with Jayasimi and, and Blackett Taylor down that uh, right flank, our left flank. But kind of going, facing them, What's that like after having been a week in training with the likes of Mikel Antonio, Leon Bailey, Ravel Morrison, Kimar Roof? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously, that those are they're fantastic players. But when you're on international, the, a lot of the training is based towards the games. So we're not really, and we didn't really go at each other in the same way, because obviously you're not trying to injure no one. Everyone just wants to be fit for the games, get through the games, that kind of thing. So it's definitely, it was probably more of a test just because. Them, you know, the guys who came on, obviously, at the weekend really wanted to go personally and try and put balls in. But at the same time, when I did come back, it did give you that confidence of like, well, I've gone and done that. You know, hopefully I should be fine holding up uh, in, in, in games like this. But, you know, it's just one of them, the practice makes perfect. The more you practice, the, the more confident you feel, do you know what I mean? No, yeah, I suppose, like, like you say, when, when, even though you're not straight up competing against them in a competitive match, just being in training with some of those names and the quality of player, that must be a bit of a, that must be a hell of a boost to your confidence. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, I definitely felt more confident when I got back because like that's, the thing is obviously when you go, that's exciting. It gives you more confidence, but you want to go and do a good job. So to go and I thought I did like an all right job gives you that boost of like, okay, so I've done it at that level now and, you know what I mean? And that's just an extra string to your bow. So then you come back and yeah, it's, it's, it does give you that little boost, I must say. That's great. I think moving on from that, talking of kind of playing your way back into, into form and getting boosts, obviously you've been coming back from a lot of injury troubles. And I think watching you, especially over the first few weeks, I felt like I was watching you just test the water physically and get yourself back to that point where you kind of could run in the way that you wanted to. So like, how hard is it to the kind of, to get your kind of physical and athletic kind of levels back to where you want them when you've been out for such a long time injured? It takes time. It, I think it takes, it, ta- it takes time depending on how long you've been out for. I know that when I was out for, I was out for like a long, I was out for a long time. It must have been 10 months, I think. But like coming back from that was like building from scratch. Uh, and I know that when I got back with this hamstring injury, it was again, it was back building from scratch. It was like four months nearly. So, it was like, right, take it day by day, you know, build up. And then it was like, right, I've got through this. 
So then, you, then once you test, it's like, right, I've got through this game or I've got through this half. That was pre-season, was like half game, 60 minutes. So then Blackburn for me was like, right, I've got through the whole game. And then it was a case of like Saturday, Tuesday, which for me was like, I've not done for, for so long. So it's like, right, don't, you know, don't, if it, you, know you want to just try hit every milestone. So yeah, it was, it was definitely more of a test of like, right, will my body hold up? Because you have that lack of thing in your back of your mind, like, can my body do this anymore? So the fact that I've managed to get through and, and do that was always in the back of my mind, but now I'm feeling more and more confident. You know what I mean? It's been so many tests, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose coming back from those games, are, are there ever points in games when you kind of think, oh, tell you what, I do just need to hold back a little bit here, or do, does that not really come across your head as much? No, not, you know what? Not as much as I thought, because the thing is, once you're in the game, you're just in the game. Uh, I think there's only a period in like the early pre-season when I perhaps wasn't timing my weight sessions and my running sessions right. And I was like, oh, maybe I've done too much. But other than that, it's actually been all right. It was like coming back from the flight was a bit like, right, you know, I have to make sure I warm up really well because otherwise things could go south. But other than that, it was, it was all right. It was good. So kind of moving on to coming, into, coming to the club in the first place, was it quite an easy decision when Stephen uh, gave you a call or were there, were there a few other offers on the table? Uh, it was definitely, it was, it was, I wouldn't say it was an easy decision because it's obviously like coming off the back of my situation of being injured and, and in this window of sort of COVID window that I'm pretty sure everyone would agree was, was very, very tough for, for the players really. Uh, you're always thinking, right, I want to make the right decision. I don't really want to be picking a club and battling at the bottom of the league, but also I want to pick a manager who believes in me and knows my qualities and can design a team around the football they want to play. I think that's always important because I've been in the past where managers have brought in players and then gone, right, what kind of football are we going to play? And then not really made a decision on that. Whereas I felt that speaking to the gaffer, he was very much like, this is how I want to play. This is why you would suit it. And that for me was a real, this, this is a man with a plan. So that was, that was, that was instrumental for me to be fair. I was like, that's, it's, it's definitely refreshing to hear because when you're a player who thinks about that sort of thing as well, it's, it's, it, was, it was nice to hear and it kind of made up my decision for me. That's interesting here, and it sounds like you've got quite a good grasp on what you uh, got, got quite a good clear idea of what you see yourself as as a player. What your qualities yeah, are? I'd say, so. I'd say so. You know, I think that it's interesting as well because everyone has different opinions on what you are like. Do you know what I mean? As a player, I remember like just some managers being like, "Oh, yeah, you're good at this. You're not good at this," and you're hearing it thinking, "This is not what I think." But you know, we'll carry on. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was definitely. Uh, Nice to hear that he believes that my attributes that I believe I'm good at, you know, we're on the same page. Um, and then he obviously said, oh, yeah, I feel like I can develop you in this area. So that's also nice to hear because I'm someone who wants to push and be better. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I, I'm quite uh, in touch with how I believe my attributes that I'm good at and not so good at and things I need to work on. And, and that's how I like to go forward. Someone else who has the same honest approach is just someone I like to work with. That's very interesting, that. Uh just one final one, bit of a silly one. Uh, I've got to ask this. And Cole beat the ball up the half. I think Ant clears it to the halfway line. Cole takes it down his chest, turns against Fleetwood. What are you thinking? Are you thinking, hold it up, Cole, just wear the clock down? Are you thinking, go on, Cole, have a crack? I'm, I'm 100% thinking have a crack. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to draw that game because I just was fuming. I was like, how are they even one in this game? And he's already done it at Wimbledon. So I'm thinking, just let the man shoot. Also, as Aaron Wildig says, he's like, the man is just, I don't know what happened, whether he drunk some holy water or something. The man, everything touches. 
So it's, he's got the Midas touch at the moment. You know what I mean? Even against like Lincoln, he's just shooting from anywhere, just going in. So yeah, let the man shoot. That's what I say. So yeah, that's, I was very much like. <laughs> and then I was right behind it as well. So I'm like, oh, is he going to? No. And then it went in. And I was thinking, this is mad. Yeah. Sit there. Sit there. <laughs> well, to be fair, when, when that one sat up against Charlton as well, I think Phillips had just kind of looped up in the air and he hit it on the spin, on the volley. And it didn't quite go in, but it wasn't far away. And I thought, just, just go for it, Cole. Just, just yeah. keep doing it. What he wants. Give him a crown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, we'll come to James now. Um, I'd like to talk a bit. Obviously, we drawn Buxton in the FA Cup. Uh, we know now we've got 400 tickets. Uh, and I think the club have handled the ballot, uh, the ballot situation quite well there because, obviously, 2,600 season ticket holders does not go into 400 tickets, does it, James? No, it, does, it doesn't. It's funny. Um, Joel and I were both on the, the trust call, uh, the trust club liaison call last night, and uh, and Ben's there, and Ben in his in his very sort of dry Yorkshire way delivered um, some some useful information on it. Because I called Ben when we got when we drew books and said you're going to find that this is oversubscribed. He's like, no, no, it'll be fine. And it turns out that he was right because um, we we actually yesterday with not quite 24 hours left to go, we hadn't actually got 400 ballots. We were close to it. But, you know, everybody who has, want, who has, who has wanted to apply for a ticket um, as of last night was able to apply for one, which is great. We might get some more tickets. There's a small chance of that. Um, but no, I think, I think we've learned, learned the hard lessons from, from, you know, trying to sort out Tranmere and then trying to sort out the, 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 um, uh, the playoff final. Um, you know, this was more challenging. We just got a bit more organised in, in, the, in the background now. We've got more staff, uh, more professional people sort of thinking about ways to doing, do things, more capacity, better systems. So it was just, it's just a bit easier to do, um, all, you know, carefully coordinated by people like Ben and, and Anya and Martin, who, who, you know, it's, it's several heads where before we had, we, we had one. And so moving on, the positive thing is obviously, like you said, hopefully everybody who wants a ticket will get a ticket. Uh, I think uh, from my point of view, I think it's been helped by the fact that we've got Sunderland away on the Tuesday after, which is obviously an attractive feature for lots of people. So they're going to be saying, well, actually, if I don't get a Buxton ticket, I'll probably go to the Stadium of Light and see us win 2 0. You heard it here first, Greg. But um, <laughs> uh, from that point of view, I think that's helped us, hasn't it, a little bit? But then again, the club have been proactive in, uh, in opening the local choice suite. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, again, it's, it's something that people have asked us to do in the past, and, and maybe capacity or just you know, short notice has is, is not been as possible or, or as easy as we'd like, but it's just a good idea. Um, we're, not, we're not restricted anymore. We can, we can fit 200 plus people in there. Um, we won't put out the, the, the full details of that until we've um, completed the ballot because we don't want people sort of, you know, thinking, well, I'll, I'll book for that just in case I don't get that. Um, but they'll, they'll follow each other in quick succession. And there should be a really good atmosphere there. You know, again, it's, it's, um, it's the next best thing and it's a great time to be watching a game. Um, so yeah, that, that'll be that'll be a, a, a good a good lunchtime in the in the local choice suite. And uh, and uh, uh, what have you got any fears on the plastic pitch at Buxton, Greg? Nah, man. I mean, I know a lot of players do because obviously it's like it's quite hard and it can be quite physically draining the man. But I quite like a hard pitch because I'm quite heavy footed and like to stamp down and jump up. So I don't mind it. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it all the time. No, the Scotland was just uh, scarred me, to be fair. So once, every, like in a blue moon, I don't mind. Um, and it's not. It's also, you know, when you are playing at this time of the year, you can you can come across some bad pitches. So the fact that it's going to be hopefully a flat surface, take it out to play some football on. It, it's funny because um, uh, that as I always 
part of it, this this sort of stand behind me was the old ground, and that was taken that was knocked down in 1985. So we were playing Buxton in the Northern Premier League, uh, obviously well before you and Joel were born. And uh, Buxton's is always an absolutely beautiful pitch. Um, really? I've been there a few times and watched us, and it was a be- seriously because it's highest ground in England. It's over a thousand feet above sea level, and it was beautiful, beautiful pitch. And I was surprised when they changed to plastic, but I can see that because they get community involvement. But um, so from that point of view, it, it's a potential banana skin, Greg. But uh, I know Dermot was saying last week that following the MK Dons game, you'll do a bit of concentrating on and maybe do a bit on a bit more on the 4G at the uni, I think. Yeah, we've, we've got uh, an Astro pitch that's close to us that we can train on. So it'd be good to prep for the game, uh, preparing for the conditions as well that we're going to play on. You know, it's not quite Man City where they've got the chambers of like heat when they're going to play in hot country and cold when they're playing in Russia or whatever. But it's our own little version and we're happy with it. <laughs> so I'll come back to you now, James. Um, anything else you want to tell us from the boardroom? Anything happening? Obviously, you had the, you had the trust call last night. Anything that I, I noticed uh, when I went behind the barter card stand that, the, uh, that, that some of the metalwork is in for the cover. Yeah, again, that's taking shape, um, and it's now taking shape, and there's much more confidence it's going to be um, it's going to be ready. There'll be something hopefully um, more more visible by the time we get to the the, the next Fleetwood game um, in December, um, and you know once we start getting the roof up, then it, it it really happens quite quickly. So the thinking now is moving on to making sure that that space is is actually what people want it to be, and and um, the guys are, are working out how to take feedback on that and you know exactly how to sort of lay it out and everything. But no, that's really taking shape. Um, aside from that, I mean, you know, we can't sort of announce a, a new piece of news or a new hire or whatever sort of every single month. And I know Charlie always tries to come on with exclusives. There's not really any exclusives at the moment, aside from to say that it's all going broadly to plan, um, which is which is really fantastic. You know, again, I I, I can't believe how many things have have kind of fallen into place um, and how quickly things have been able to fall into place. So just cross our fingers and keep working and, and hope, it, hope, hope that continues to happen. I always, uh, I always ask Charlie, because Charlie's obviously, you know, uh, our go-to guy when he comes on. But I always ask Charlie, and it's not going to plan according to him because he's still not got mushy peas, he's got processed. <laughs> the funny thing is with me and Charlie, I've always been, we've spent our whole lives growing up together, going out together, going to primary school together and everything else. I've always been the joker of me and Charlie. In the last two years, since we've both been working, working with Morecambe, working for Morecambe, we've completely turned around. So he's now the one that talks about mushy peas every five seconds and does dog photographs on Twitter. And I'm like the one that's seen as like Mr. Serious in the background. It's, it's literally, we've, 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 we've spun on our head. It's, um, it's quite nice though to see. And yeah, he does like his mushy peas. And I, 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 I introduced you as the, as the uh, professional podcaster because you're on that many podcasts. And I'm like, I, I, you were supposed to be on last week and you were like, oh, I can't, he's doing something else. And that, that just, before, just before I move on and we move on to the MK Dons game and the Buxton game, I, want, I, I, I just want to say, where, on my screen, you two are below me. And when you went, I was in America the same time as you, I wanted to drop a clang with a place drop then. Because me and Joel were like, well, I've just been in Morecambe. So <laughs> I was working hard. I was working really hard. <laughs> do. So, so was Greg. So yeah. was Greg. Yeah. So, M- MK Dons. Um, that's going to be an interesting game. They they they've, uh, they hit the buffers um, midweek, but they've been in pretty good form. And 
uh, from last season. We've, we're familiar with a couple of their faces, Joel. Uh, Scott Twine, who was uh, on loan at Newport from Swindon, uh, who was instrumental in our defeat at Rodney Parade last year. Um, and also um, <laughs> Max Waters, who Cardiff paid a million for Crawley. Uh, he came on, scored that trick in about 15 minutes when he came on for Crawley against us. So we don't want them too far in all cylinders, do we, Joel? No, hopefully not. And they've, had, they've both had a bit, good bit of a run of form of late as well. But yeah, that, that match, I think that was his first. I think it was it was nil-nil at half-time, wasn't it, against Crawley? It was. And it had been pretty even. And then Waters just came on. It was his first 45 minutes for the club. And he just... Yeah, yeah, just took us to pieces. <laughs> it was quite spectacular, really. But yeah, no, they're both they're both brilliant players. They've got quite a few brilliant players. I know that earlier, uh, O'Reilly's playing really well at the minute. So you know, they're a good side. They're up in the playoffs at the minute. I think they're probably going to be there for the rest of the season. It'll be a big test. At the same time, I think we've probably done better against the prettier footballing sides rather than the the more kind of rough and ready sides like your Gillians and your and your Wickhams who are. You know, not maybe done as well as we have done in comparison to these kind of the fancier sides. So you know, there's there's still stuff. You know, there's there's definitely hope there. We've definitely got it in us to pull off a good result. It'll be interesting to see how they react to uh, the defeat on Tuesday night. You know, are they going to bounce back all angry because they conceded in the last minute, or they're going to deflate? Who knows? But you know, I'm sure you know Greg and the rest of the guys. You know, they'll be putting in a good shift and hopefully we can get a result. I'm not normally a one for stats, and I haven't checked this, so I could be completely wrong. But I know I've uh, I've been to their ground, and I know they've been to ours, and I don't think we've beaten them yet, James. <laughs> no, I don't think we have. I, I tell you what, as well, they've got. I mean, for for Greg and for the team, you're going to have to look in so many different directions because their goals and their assists come from everywhere. And it's not like with one or two players who are scoring the goals, or you know, one or two players giving the assists. It's it's spread all over the place. Um, but that said, you know, as, as, as you guys have said, there's absolutely nothing to stop us going into games like this and expecting to win and, and playing to win. Um, you know, it's no, it's definitely not a harder game than Charlton for me on, in terms of the form, the form of the form of the team. And Charlton the other night for half an hour, they looked excellent, like really, really good. Probably for me, as as good as Rotherham looked. Rotherham, um, I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if when you can come back against a team that's playing football as well as that and looking as comfortable as that and get a, get a, get a good result. I nothing to fear. And uh, uh, Greg, um, it, you've got to be looking forward to games like this, haven't you? Good testing yourself against the better teams. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, I think that Joe was right. I think that the team has done well against the teams that play more football, have the ball on the floor. You know, we end the day we we're trying to press teams, so pressing teams that play football and want to make passes and take chances in the, in and around their own half just kind of suits us. You know, when the ball's put in the air, it's not that we struggle with it; it's just more not really our game, but pressing and, and, and high energy, that sort of thing, especially with the midfield we've got now, is, 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 yeah, is, is, is probably going to suit us. And yeah, you know, you want to play against the teams that are going to be at the top, but at the same time, you've got teams who are scrapping it out at the bottom, but the teams at the top, they, they underestimate us. You know, that shows when we play teams like Sheffield Wednesday, Preston, you know, teams come and think, oh, these won't play football, he's just a little Morecambe. But obviously, the way that we're set up, it's not a little Morecambe, it's teams that want to come, we want to play football as well as take the ball off you and put it in the back of your net and keep them out, you know? I mean, yeah. James is saying there that Charlton, I thought Charlton looked excellent. I think, for me, Charlton was individual, a lot of individual brilliance, you know, in the, in the players, but the team looked really good. They're obviously coming off a good run of form and we kept them out for the most part. I mean, the goals are two individual errors and, and they're not, like, cutting us open, so... That definitely gives us confidence going into the MK Dons game. 
And uh, just to pick up on something that you said earlier, obviously, you were, you were saying you wanted to sign for a team that was not going to be down the bottom of the league, and yet we're sort of, sort of quite near the bottom. But I, 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 I don't know why, I'm, whether I'm completely overconfident, but I think when we get everybody fit, we will, we will get out of this. Yeah. And you must believe the same, surely. 100%. I think that, like, obviously, the league is the league. It will always reflect roughly around what, obviously, the teams are doing. But it definitely is a mindset of, you know, a, like, a, when you're down there, I've been down there with a couple of teams, and it's, it's a defeated mindset of, like, we're struggling here. You know, we're, the t- every team that comes is better than us, and we've got to do our best to try and beat them. And that's just not the attitude I believe that we have. You know, when we, even when Charlton came, you know, we're playing against Fleet, we're playing against other teams, we're going, like, you know, I mean, I look at the games now, it's frustrating at times because I'm looking at like the Cheltenham, Cambridge, and I'm thinking, you know, we are the better side. We can be the better side. And that's the belief that we have. That's why I'm, I'm not worried personally, obviously, that I will be stuck down on the bottom. And when I talk about signing for a bottom end, it's not, it's more the attitude of like, you know what, we are good enough to be in, you know, mid to top, end of the, of the table. So, yeah, we just need to get a bit more luck and a bit more goals and keep out the goals that we've been doing in the last two games. And, the, uh, the position in the league should reflect that. Amen to that. We'll finish off, Joel. Um, I know we've got the, the, the Shrimps Trust Christmas toy collection. Is that this Saturday? Yeah, that'll be this Saturday and we'll have uh, a few people down in person to uh, collect stuff from that. So, yeah, if uh, any, any donations would be really massively welcomed. And uh, nothing else from the Trust? Not off the top of my head, no. I always forget that. I'm, I've definitely forgotten something, but, you know, that's just how it is. <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> listen uh, as per usual thanks to our guests uh, greg brilliant to have you on uh, lovely to finally get you on at last i know that charlie's been trying to get you on for quite a few weeks but being a jamaican international and disappearing off to study your climbs you've been busy and uh, <laughs> and james uh, we've been, we wanted you on for a couple of weeks as well but you've been in america so uh, That's crazy. He, he's been in hospital i haven't been anywhere this is in the shrimps <laughs> trust podcast thank you very much for listening do join us again next week when hopefully we'll have something positive to say about the MK Dons game. We'll have some fantastic guests on and we'll look forward to Buxton on the plastic in the FA Cup. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Tune in next week. <laughs>